0: You are listening to The Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to The Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have Boris Gorelik. He's a data scientist, algorithm developer, and data visualization enthusiast and occasional lecturer. He has been solving data-intense problems since 2001. So he has a lot of experience of working on tough problems to solve. Hi Boris, how are you? Hello, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> right. uh, do you want to add something else?
1: Yes, so in addition to being an occasional lecturer, I also teach a little bit of data visualization, like once a week, data visualization, and uh, some statistics to college students, and I like it very much.
0: Nice. Yeah. This is good. So we also get like a sort of academic view on leadership or someone that's more involved with academia. So I'm really excited about uh, finding okay. out some, uh, some leadership success and fail stories from you. Uh, with that in mind, with which one would you like to start? Would you want to start with the success or the failure story?
1: Um, let's start with the success. But, but uh, I have to warn you: um, my own leadership career was pretty, uh, pretty short. Like okay. in terms of, um, in terms of um, classical leadership, like being a manager. So, at one point in my career, I was appointed the head of bioinformatics and software in a biotech company. Okay, And I served in this position for two years or maybe three years. And the thing is that most of the time, the entire bioinformatics and software uh, team was me and uh, one person doing QA for half time. So, and uh, then I I got another uh, person to work with me and then the company had to shut down. So that was it. (laughs) And during that experience, yeah, I realized that managing actually managing people is not for me, it was not for me because, okay, uh, yeah, because uh, so at that specific company, I had maybe one of the best uh, managers that I had in my career, and I saw her uh, working and I saw her. I worked and I just, it just I realized it was completely different types of work and I enjoyed the hands-on work much better.
0: Okay, so more the technical part.
1: Yes, yes. And so, but the the fact that I, I really liked how uh, my manager used to manage me uh, and her name is Ilana Belzer is that she was, uh, so I'm, I'm a, I was a bioinformatician. I was a data person. And she, by trade, she was a, a biologist. And she didn't understand uh, almost nothing. She understood almost nothing about data and statistics and, uh, and the machine learning algorithms I was using. So one uh, would afraid that in that case, the manager would like intervene too much and, and, and micromanage too. Okay. And in that case, yes. it was a, a complete difference. So the message was, uh, it's okay. You can experiment whatever you do, uh, whatever you, however you like. I trust that you will uh, do a good job. And it was stonepowering. I mean, it was a huge, like, learning experience and uh, both professional and how to deal in the company. Um, Yeah. So, this is the the best managing experience I have witnessed with my eyes.
0: Okay. So, it's... uh, That's that's something that I hear, like, a a lot from uh, from people that are... um, Especially technical people, they really enjoy when uh, managers uh, they give them enough leeway to to do their job. They just formulate like the what's the objective, what's the overarching goal, and let get it, and then let you do it and get uh, get it done. It's uh, it's something that really works, and it was good that uh, in this case your manager was wise enough, especially realizing I don't have enough. Uh, technical knowledge to know exactly what i should should look for i said okay i'll trust you and i'm sure you're going to take care of it
1: right right the only problem is that uh, i mean especially me but i I know that some other like hands-on people uh, we tend from time to time to suck into the problem you know that like you you develop a tunnel vision and you don't care about anything else so Again, I'm a data scientist, so I have some data and I try to find an an algorithm that will do this like huge analysis. And I might not uh, uh, notice that maybe nobody cares about this analysis anymore or (laughs) that the deadline is okay that I want to do a very good job and maybe do a PhD on this data, but we have to uh, wrap up in in one uh, week and uh, deliver the product, right? So you know, it has to be someone who will gently tap on your shoulder, shoulder, and will tell you, you know what, you should wrap up and, and do and, and, and recall the real life.
0: Be a little faster, yeah, yeah. Um, if you like, if you like what you're doing and you're passionate about what you're working, it's really easy to get wrapped into it and uh, focus, like, on details that actually maybe the business doesn't need or doesn't. It's it's overkill, as you would say. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. too much. Uh, and uh, since since you're working with, uh, you know, like you also work with, you have students that you teach them, and then I don't know if you keep in contact with them afterwards when they go into onto the job market. Um, are there any? is there like a, a clash between what they expect to to get on, on you know, when starting working for a company and what actually happens
1: uh, so most of my students are already working so I, i'm teaching at the, it's an evening program in masters in computer science so they come up like maybe 90% of them come after the work day okay. uh, so they're already working some of them are uh, even older than me and have more, much more experience in, at workplaces uh, um, yes and that's why i whenever i teach i try to uh, emphasize uh, the point uh, so sometimes you know you, you there's the the right way to do it and there is the practical way to do it. So uh, let's say we are talking about data visualization. And so I would say, okay, this is the, the right, the, the best way to, to create a graph is like this. But it might take you three to four hours to create this graph. So if this is the final <laughs> uh, like presentation to the investors, go for it. But if not, maybe you can just do the 80% of job and uh, in 20% of the time. Ah. Oh. That's, that's a good yeah. point. So and this is yes. And when I teach statistics, and then uh, so the course is called uh, that uh, this database database decision making. It is um, it strikes me until today. So if you go to any textbook in in data analysis, you will get some data, right? Data sets. Yes. And most of them of those uh, sets are very clean, so the data is never missing. The data label is always correct. So if you see a column that says, uh, "I don't know user age," you know that it is the age of the user. Uh, But Hmm. in the real world, you can like I don't know sometimes. So I used I once worked with a data set, and there was a column called registration date and somebody told me that at some point they just decided to change the meaning of the data but not to change the column name so yeah it was very frustrating but so whenever I teach data analysis I always try to emphasize how uh, most of the time you spend like solving stupid problems and not like, like scientific uh, <laughs> you know? well um, there are
0: lots of companies now they're working on AI and machine learning and mm-hmm. uh, they have having divisions spearheading the, that direction and they were trying to get into that uh, market and, or augment their existing systems and mm-hmm. I feel it's something that uh, managers of teams, data science teams should understand is that Most of the work, from my experience, because I also did some work uh, on data sciences, most of the work is actually data cleaning and sorting all the data and make sure you have the right data. Um, The work you get to do afterwards, the actual machine learning and AI work, it's not that much compared to the volume of work you have to do to make sure all the data is correct and it doesn't... uh, destroy your models and get all kinds of absurd uh, conclusions because you don't have the right data to train the models.
1: So it's not only that. What you said is super correct. But there is another problem uh, that sometimes uh, the manager is asking for questions, but they don't know how to ask the question. So, for example, if, uh, and, 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 and this uh, projects on the work of the person who analyzes the data. So, um, yes. for example, let's say you have a, a website and you are responsible for a conversion of, I don't know, sales on the, your website, right? Yes. And you do, you know, you do A-B tests, right? You change the color of this banner and you expose half of your users to red color and half of your users to blue color. And then you ask your data person which color brings more sales. Okay? Yes. But this is not the right question to ask. Because I can tell you and no. and... So which
0: yeah. one is the right question? Because I thought so, I myself no, thought no no that's the correct one
1: because because uh, uh, first of all you have to uh, to tell and it's uh, usually it's you the manager not the data person you have to tell how uh, much is the diff the difference do you is that is uh, is the minimal dif- difference that you care about huh. okay so if I increase the sales if you manage to increase the sales by a day, maybe it's, I mean, it will be significantly statistical, uh, statistically significant in some cases, but it makes no sense, right? So in in (laughs) another case, if you, the manager, decided that the banner should be red because, I don't know, because the logo of your company is red or it just reflects your um, values. I'm Let's say it's not the color of the banner, but the font. You decided that your font should be more accessible like uh, yes. more readable to to dyslexic people so in this case it might be not like it might doesn't does not matter what is the conversion because you as the manager think that this is the right place to do and you are just looking for uh, approval so if whatever you, you you are looking for is an approval i mean you are the manager do, you, do whatever you think or maybe just make sure that it's not worse than yes right and so these are the questions that uh, like the manager the, the project manager and the company manager has to ask and get the answers before they go to the data pay people and sometimes they don't
0: yeah and that's a that's a great point because um like for a data person can know like if if you give them hey like, I want like what would create like a big change for our company I want mm-hmm. like thirty percent change. If the data person starts looking at the data set and says, oh, there's not much difference. He, he doesn't have to invest more time to crunch out, like for like in your example, to say after one day of work, say, this one won, but we were only because of $1 extra. <laughs> So right. he can come like really fast after five minutes and say, "Look, it's not the the, the target difference that we say like thirty percent. It's not there. It doesn't make sense to to investigate more and do more number crunching. Uh, let's move on to something else.
1: Or maybe just to uh, say you did you, you didn't uh, like there was no disaster, but you changed. It's okay.
0: <laughs> and now moving on." to the leadership
1: uh, failure story? Ah, Failures. I never fail, obviously. You never fail. <laughs> no, because uh, my, I as I said, along, my, so. my leadership uh, career was pretty short. I, I made a lot of mistakes as a data scientist. I can talk about it. Uh, but so one of my managers, and I won't expose the name of the company. Okay. Um, So in that case, there was a huge dissonance between the picture that the manager tried to picture about themselves, like the academic background and and the publications and stuff. And what we actually saw in terms of, first of all, contribution to the work. So we used to laugh because most of the times that manager would uh, take our documents that we would write, do spell checking and the, uh, the manager's name to the document, and that's it. So it was like, oh my God, no! Right, and and also there was uh, some stories that, like, tweaking the test so that the uh, answer will match the desired answer. So it's like. Um, in, no, yeah, it that, was, that it one was is even super worse. unpleasant. Well, yeah, it was super unpleasant. So, everybody in the and, and the thing was that the team was pretty young, and, and everybody or most of us in the team would not hold that manager very highly in our eyes. Like, it, the integrity was ruined pretty fast. And it was very not fun to work with that manager. So, um. if, yeah. So maybe my advice to managers would be if you don't want if you don't know the I don't know even what, what so my advice would be but it was very unpleasant but I was lucky it was only one one so I had I switched several workplaces in my life already and it was one relatively short episode so I'm I'm super lucky with my other managers I had managers very like very professional in in my field very professional in field that is not mine i had managers who were older than me younger than me and it was always super super nice to work with them except for one, uh, that one <laughs> for one one case
0: well that's how you get to uh, appreciate the good managers if
1: you yes have maybe. the
0: <laughs> it's not something pleasant a pleasant situation to experience but uh, uh, so you also mentioned that you had like younger managers how yeah. how was it how how was the experience of having younger managers I know that uh, um, some people would be more apprehensive about having a younger manager. Uh, uh, younger people sometimes also when they get offered the position of managing a team and they know they have uh, older colleagues uh, on, on that team, they might not want to, to step into the position. So what's your point of view?
1: So in this case, it was my last manager, Zirin, if you hear me, hello. Thank you for being awesome manager. Uh, well, the thing is like this. A manager is not... Um, so if you take a look at the organization uh, org chart, manager is above the hands-on, right? And in many cases, this person is above because whenever you want a, a rise in your salary or you want, a, I don't know, take a, an extended leave, you have to go through your manager. But actually, a manager is, is, a, is a different occupation. So a manager can be a leader, it can be a mentor, and the manager can be someone who makes sure that you have all the resources that you need you know what to do, and this is the person who will tap on your shoulder and, and tell you, "You know what the deadline is, is is close. please wrap up and in this case, it doesn't matter if the manager is younger than you because this is like the manager provides you the managing uh, managing uh, service oh right right so we are a team, and in a team, it doesn't matter because. So uh, you know I live in Israel and in, in Israel uh, some people do military service and some do like extended like in, in army reserve and in the army okay. reserve I used to be the head of the uh, first aid unit okay. okay and I had a physician in my in my team who was my actual my commander but there were situations where the physician was the, the most the most um, professional person in the team so the physician would start working and I would manage the physician because I would uh, keep the eye on the global uh, picture right I would uh, I was the one who would yeah so the same uh, in a healthy situation in a healthy team the same goes in like with the manager and the hands-on so it doesn't matter if you might be uh, more professional in one uh, space of like in one field of your occupation or not So sometimes the the manager is also the the professional authority, right? But it doesn't matter too much. And as long as the team is healthy, uh, I I, I didn't... So I knew for a fact that she was younger than me, but that's it. Just that's it. (laughs) That's
0: good. That is really good. Yeah. So um, any young manager listening to this? if you have the opportunity or you're aspiring to be a manager and uh, you're still young in your profession go for it Uh, you're going to learn a lot i know i did Um, and it's a good move Um, right
1: so in other way if you are speaking about managing um, careers so my place of work, Uh, the company was called Automatic, it's the company beyond WordPress Uh, the the, the philosophy was that leading a team is not a promotion which is, I don't know it's only 80% true because uh, like I said there's some stuff that the manager has like, the manager is closer to the higher management, right? Yes. So it's sort of promotion. But at least that company, it was very, in, like, again, the atmosphere was so healthy that you could, and I know a couple of uh, my previous coworkers who would take a team lead position and then decide that it was not for them and then they would step down. And because it was not a promotion, they, was, they were not stepping up and not stepping down. So if you think, like, so, if you like take a conclusion that maybe you 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 would say, if you think of uh, managing people, try, and if not nothing bad has happened if if the company you work at doesn't allow this, that maybe this company isn't that good for you.
0: Ah, that's an interesting uh, point and an 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 interesting solution the one uh, having like the flexibility in a company to step up and step down, depending maybe even on projects or more flow and let people experience and see exactly are they comfortable or not. And it's not making like, oh, if, you, if it doesn't work, if you promote you and it doesn't work, then you have to leave the company because that will make, make it really tough for people to take that step, especially right. yep, if they yep. don't have any experience. Um, and what would be your leadership philosophy?
1: Uh, give the resources provide some guidance and don't uh, uh, and, and don't interfere with the job simple Yeah,
0: it's simple um, yeah. That especially the one with don't interfere with the job it's something that I felt during my career usually when I performed best was when people would just say okay, get this done and then would let me focus on how to get it done and I know by talking with my colleagues and with People from other companies, I know they also want the same thing and they really open up and give their best when they work in such environment, when they have the opportunity to just go for it. Right. Okay. Now let's move towards more some, I call them rapid fire answers. So what would be your top three leadership tips for aspiring
1: leaders? are we allowed to say asshole? In, uh... Uh, you can go for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't be an asshole. So, uh, okay. uh, right, so don't do stuff that you are, will be ashamed of or maybe some people will think that you should be ashamed of.
0: Uh, like in your story, don't steal other people's work.
1: <laughs> so. Right. Give enough credit. <laughs> And, and and don't cheat. Yeah, cheating is not Don't good. cheat.
0: Yeah, it, it never leads to something good. Um, when it comes to a book that had a profound impact on you, what would that be?
1: Uh, so, you know, um, it's, it's somewhat uh, influenced by the fact that I teach visualization, but, you know, in, in technical teams, in any team, uh, communication mm-hmm. is super important. Like uh, yes. so, there's uh, again from my previous job, it was uh, the, the the slogan was communication is oxygen. So I really, I even have this book here. I really recommend this book. It's called Trees, Map and Theorems: Effective Communication for Rational Minds. It is uh, it was written by Jean Luc Dumont. He is also a physicist. Not also. He's a physicist, uh, but he devotes his uh, career now to teaching communication. You can see this, and this book is super uh, thick. uh, Not thick, thin, and very compact and very dense in information. And I like it. I read it. I read it twice. And when one day I told my uh, manager at that time that I read this book and it was very influential on, on me, he told me, you know what, when did you buy it? And I told me, what, three months ago. And he said, uh, you know what, I noticed that three months ago I noticed a huge improvement in your communication uh, style, like in your written communication style. Whoa. And he insisted that uh, the company would pay for this book, even though then I just, I didn't ask for that. So this is, this book is that good. Um, yeah. So I think I will I will give you the link to the, this, this book. It's an excellent book. Go and and I'll it.
0: put it in the show notes so people can check yep. it out. I will definitely buy it myself, especially with... Uh, after what you said to me about it and being so visible, like you bought it and then after reading it and it was like visible in your in your work and uh, in your communication style. And it's something that I found like when I stepped into uh, my first managerial role and afterwards, most of my time or a good chunk of it would be basically... Helping my teammates work through communication problems because they they were talking about the same stuff or had they had the same ideas, but they were exposing them with different words with different concepts even if if the core was the same, right. and I had to bridge the miscommunication uh, barrier between them so they could uh, get on with their work and it, it's it's especially important to have good communication among team members and it's even more important to have it with clients and customers and sometimes uh, tech people have to be in contact with clients and uh, to make sure you build something that they actually want and in that situation because of the difference in background and Uh, The technical people, they have a tech background. uh, They use more technical words. And then you have the users who are not that technical and they use more common words to express what they want. And it creates like a huge divide that should not exist there. And it's a lot of time I've been training and coaching people about how to craft emails how to talk with people how how to behave in meetings uh because we had like issues that were not issues because people were wanting the same stuff but expressing it differently i know if that makes sense
1: yes right so there is a term called the the course of knowledge that the you, you know stuff you don't know you don't know that the stuff that you know are not known to others, right? I mean, (laughs) so let's say I am a data scientist and I will tell you, okay, well, this data is obviously normally distributed and you would, uh, I don't know your uh, background, but many people would say, what? And then I would say, okay, this uh, data is uh, just a regular day, I don't know, maybe just to find another (laughs) term and it will be much better. So in this, by the way, by teaching, but when I started teaching, I noticed that a lot and I, I hope that right now I'm better, I'm more aware about like this uh, gap, those gaps, like communication gaps that you were talking yes. about. Not, not using the jargon, asking the right questions. Don't assume that other people know what you know.
0: And especially like in teaching, it's even more important communication because you really have to ensure that your knowledge gets transferred to your. Uh, right, but students it, it and improves really your communication.
1: It. it improves your communication a lot. I I know from, from myself. I heard other people who started teaching, and and they also told me that, it is much easier for them now to explain stuff. To their colleagues or co-workers or clients than before that. So yeah, I, I strongly recommend teaching. It's it's like giving back and also it gives you a good feeling. It like it forces you to learn stuff and then improves your communication. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know. I know, I know. Uh, and Boris, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go?
1: So I have my blog, it's gorelic.net. It's like my last name, .net. I also have a Twitter account, uh, uh, which is accessible from my blog. Um, I, my Twitter is, I don't remember. I think it's Boris underscore Gorelick or other way around. I will give you the link.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Um, yeah. And my email is Boris at .net. So if you have any questions about data science, communication, why you should do open reach out to yeah ask me I by the way for some reason I get a lot of uh, uh, questions by email about the uh, careers like career, uh, career advices so I have a, a separate rubric in my blog career advice and if you are thinking about your career you might ask me a question if I have time I will answer if I don't have time I will tell you I'm sorry I don't have time so don't be ashamed you you can ask and i will answer or not answer if it doesn't fit
0: you i will definitely answer but
1: maybe the answer will be very short
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome boris well thank you for being on the show it has been a real pleasure thank you yep okay goodbye that
1: was today's episode tune in daily rate like subscribe and share please oh you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techileadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.